at the bottom of Kuf Lamed Hey Amid Beis. <coughs> Sorry, five lines from the bottom. Tanya Rabshum Begam Today's Gemara Be'ikher is going to be speaking about the halacha of a nafel, a child that's born, and you have to determine that he's not a nafel, that it's a viable child. Nafel is a non-viable baby that is going to pass away because he was born in the eighth month, as we said. In those times, a baby born in the eighth month couldn't survive. So the Gemara here talks about at what point could we uh, determine that the baby is viable. Tanya, so we learned in Abraisa. A baby that lives to 30 days, to the end of 30 days, that is, ain't a nafel. So we can determine now that he's not a nafel anymore. He's a viable baby. When it comes to the mitzvah of Pidyan Aben, so the Torah says you wait until 30 days, till the end of 30 days, to make the Pidyan Aben, because that's the point that you know that he has to be redeemed, because he's a viable child. Now, benigay to an animal. There's also a similar halacha. Shmeinis yamim bebehema, a behema that lived to eight days. Now, regarding a behema, it doesn't mean to the end of eight days. It means to the beginning of to the beginning of eight days, as you see from the continuation of the Gemara. Tesis points it out over here. So, if he lived to the beginning of eight days, then ain't a nafel. The uh, behema is not a nafel. Shenemar, as it says by a behema, umiyoyimashmini vehala yeratzel from eight days, from the beginning of the eighth day, you can bring the animal as a carbon. Okay, so this is both when you get to a human being and when you get to an animal, you have to determine that it's not a nafel. So from this we understand that if you did not wait that period of time, it's still a suffix whether the baby is viable or not. If so, the question is, how can we make a bris milah for a baby on Shabbos, if the eighth day falls out on Shabbos? It's a suffix, you don't know if this baby will end up surviving. So if he doesn't, so it ends up that you made a chabura on Shabbos without doing the mitzvah. It's not l'shem mitzvah. If so, how could you make a bris on Shabbos if you didn't yet determine that it's not an eiffel? So Ravada Barave answers, you can make the bris on Shabbos because either way it's not an issue. If it's a viable baby, if he was born in the seventh month or in the ninth month and he's going to live, so then Shabbos so then the bris is, is okay, you're doing the mitzvah. If it's a baby that will not survive, so then we consider him like he's not alive anymore. Even now, he's temporarily, he's, he's living, he's breathing, but it's like he's not alive, he's not a viable baby. It's like you're cutting flesh, you're cutting meat that's not alive, and therefore it's the halach of chabura, making a chabura only refers to a living being, not to a baby that's not viable. It's like the baby is not alive. And therefore, you're not doing any malach on Shabbos. Not, so the Gemara now has this new, new uh, concept here that if it's a case where there's a suffix, so memonavshach, the bris is okay, so now the Gemara brings back a b'raisa that we learned yesterday, the the Tanya, if that's the case, so the b'raisa that we learned that said, suffix ben zayin, suffix ben ches, a baby where you have a suffix, if it was born in the seventh month, or born in the eighth month, you can't be machal Shabbos, because it's a suffix if the bris is a mitzvah or not. If so, the question is, am I? What's the problem? 
Let's make the bris. And we might have not doing a malach on Shabbos. Im chayhu, if the baby is from the eight, seventh month or the ninth month and he's going to stay alive, he's a viable baby, shape kamo. So then it's a bit of uh, mitzvah of bris. Vim lav, and if it's a baby born in the eighth month, so then machatach babasaru. You're cutting basar, it's like cutting meat, then the baby is not considered to be alive. The Gemara already before in the Braisa said this expression that a baby that's still living, but it's born in the eighth month and it's not going to survive, it's like an evan, it's mamash like a stone. So based, based on that, the Gemara is saying at the same point, he's, he's not alive anymore. So what should be the problem to make the bris for a baby where you have a suffix? Essentially every baby until 30 days is a suffix. So Mainaf Kimina in a case where you, you actually have a suffix, it's always a suffix. And for the Gemara, Oma Ma Ravine, Myself and Rav Nuchomi Bar Zacharia, Targimna, we teach that Braise, Mimol Hochanami Malinole. That Braise did not mean to say that you can't make a bris for a baby that's alive and you're not sure if it's viable, you're not sure if it's from the seventh month or the eighth month. No, that's not what that Braise was saying. That Braise was saying that for such a baby, the preparations for the bris, that can't be done. Following the opinion of Rabbi Yezer, that for a regular bris on Shabbos, you can do the preparations for a bris, a baby that's a suffix, if it's Zion, a suffix Ches, for that baby you can't make the preparations for the bris, because the preparations, what are, what are the preparations? You're making a fire, you're making the uh, knife for the bris, those preparations you don't know if it's a malacha or not. The actual bris itself, if the baby is not viable, so it's mechatach basa ba'alma, you're just cutting meat, that's not a chabura b'chlal. But when you get to the preparations, that's what the b'raisa says, that it's mechatach basa ba'alma. Omar Abaye, so now Abaye said regarding this um, statement of Rav Adabarav, kitanoi. This that Rav Adabarav said, that when you have a nafel, and you're not sure it's a ba- if the baby is viable or not. So if you're going to say that he's not viable, then it's mamish like a mace. The baby is like not alive, and it's, you, it's like you're cutting basa ba'alma. This seems to be a machlekes tanoim. Because it says as follows. The Pasuk says regarding the tumah of Nevela. V'chiyomus men ashihi lochem lo'ochla. A behemah that dies, and this is a behemah that you can eat. So it says lo'ochla, that you could eat it. So what do you see from here? So the Tanakhama says, the word, the word La'achla teaches me that if it's a behemoth that's born to eight months, so the Shechita will not be metired the behemoth. So what you see here is from the, from the Tanakhama, just like by a human being, if the pregnancy was full term, nine months, so then the baby will survive, the same thing is also with a behemoth. A, be- a behemoth that's not born, fully developed, will not survive. So therefore, because the behemoth will not survive, so it's not la'achla, you can't eat it, it's like it's dead. And if you shecht it, the shechita will not take away the status of the behemoth, which is that it's a novella. So the shechita is not metayr the behemoth. Even a, a, a behemoth that's born, and it's a nafel, it can't survive. It was born in the eighth month, but if you shecht it, it will be metayr the behemoth, it's, there won't be any Tumas Nevela. The Shechita is a good Shechita. So what's the basis of their argument? My love, Bahakim Iflegi. It seems like the argument is the point that Rav Adabarava said. The Mars of our Chayhu. The second opinion in the Braise, Rabbi Yisab, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shemin. So they consider a baby born in the eighth month, although it's not a baby that's viable, it's not going to live, but yet, right now it's living. If you make a Shechita, the Shechita is not stam like you're cutting a dead animal. 
Right now it's alive, you make a shechita, and uh, the shechita is good, and it won't be in a vela. That's what they hold. Masava, the Tanakama holds, like what Rab Adabar Ava said before, that if it's a nafal, so then mesu. It's like it's not alive. So if you're making a shechita, the shechita doesn't accomplish anything. Because the behem is not going to live. It's, it's already in a vela. So it seems like what he said is a machleik is so Rav explains, no. If this is the pshatan of their argument, they're arguing regarding the status of this behemoth, if you're going to shecht it, whether it's going to be a nevela, and a nevela makes you tome, or not, or it will be a shchuta, and it won't be tome. Let them argue, let them argue regarding the kashras, whether you're allowed to eat it or not. Is the shchita a good shchita to be allowed to eat it? Why are they only arguing in the pshat of this posik regarding tumentara? So Ella, rather, the pshat in this machlekes is different. The kula alma meisu. Everybody agrees to the, what Rav Adabar Ava said before, a nafel is a meis. Still, they hold that if you shecht it, it won't be an available. Specifically, the Gabitumma. Why? Ketrefe. Because they hold, you compare it to a trefe. The halach of a trefe is an animal that cannot live more than 12 months, or cannot live, survive for 12 months. That's the concept of a trefe. If you shecht a trefe, so that's what we know as trefe, that it's not kosher to eat, because it can't live for 12 months. But the halacha, when you shecht a trefe, is it won't be an available Gabitumma, because it didn't die. Uh, without shechita, it died through shechita, the gabi tumah, it will not be an avela. So now the question is, what's the status of this nafel? We know that it's not going to survive, so it's similar to a trefe. So Rabbi Yisib, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon say, we compare this nafel to a trefe. Trefe isn't the fact by a trefe. Lav, isn't it true? Afagav the mesahi, although it's going to die within 12 months. Shechita Nevertheless, the shechita will not make it kosher, but the shechita has the effect that it will not be an avela, it will be tohoir hochanami, the same is also with a nafel, loishna, yushech, the behemoth, which is a nafel, it's not going to survive, but yet it makes it ois nevela, it will not be tome. That's what they hold. The Rabbanon, the Rabbanon argue on this, and they say, loy domi letrefa. This nafel that's going to die, you can't compare to the status of a trefa. Why not? Trefa is an animal that's born, it's born healthy, and it could live, and then something happened. Something happened, and the, one of the limbs, one of the organs of the animal got affected, and it's not going to live 12 months. So therefore, over there, if you shecht it, it won't be considered to be an avela. Hi, this animal that's born as a nafel, it's born without full term pregnancy, and therefore it can't live. It's born in a way that it never could have survived. So therefore, from the moment that it's born, it's just living temporarily. It's not a live animal. So therefore, it's an avela. Even if you shecht it, it won't help. So the Gemara now questions this reasoning of the Rabbanon. You find a similar thing regarding trefe as well. Trefe mi beten, a behemoth that's born from right away, from the moment that it's born, there's something there that's a trefa, that's something in the organs of the animal that's not born fully healthy, and therefore it can't survive. What can we say in such a case? Over there, the shechita still helps with such a kind of trefa, so why shouldn't it help for a nafel as well? So, and for the Gemara, Hosom Yesh Bemino Shechita. This is an animal that's born full term. An animal that's born full, full term is a kind of animal that usually could survive. 
So therefore the shechita helps for it. Hacha, an animal that's not bo- born full term and can't survive, it's a nafel, aim b'mina shechita. This is an animal that this kind of animal could never survive, and therefore the shechita will not help it. So the conclusion of the Gemara is that the is here in this b'raise is regarding Tuma specifically, and it's a machlaikis whether shechita is effective for a nafel or not, whether you compare it to a treif or not. But regarding achila, to shech the behemoth, which is a nafel, to be allowed to eat it, everybody would agree that you can't eat this because it's like you shechting an animal which is already dead. It's an animal which can't survive at all, like what Rav Adabar Ava said. Now the Shiloh was asked. We brought, this whole thing is based on the opinion of Rav Shemim and Gamliel. Shimigamlil says you have to wait 30 days by a human being, you have to wait by an animal 8 days to determine that the, the, the baby is not a nafel. So the question is, me pligi rabbanon aleh that Abshim Megamlil. Do the rabbanon argue on Abshim Megamlil? We brought a braiser, Abshim Megamlil Oimer. Is there a ratio of that braiser? Is there a rabbanon that argue on him? And if yes, uh, if there is a Rabbana that argue in Rabshim Gamliel, Halacha Kamaisai? Oyein Halacha Kamaisai. Do we paskin like Rabshim Gamliel or do we paskin like the Rabbanon that an animal, the main thing the Gemara will be discussing right now is an animal, an animal born and it's not yet, uh, didn't come to eight days, do we have to wait to determine that the animal is not a nafel? Toshama, so the Gemara brings up Mishnah, so it says, a calf that's born on Yom Tif. So there would be an issue of Muktzah. Muktzah, it comes, it's Neilad. It, it, it's born on Yom Tif, so there should be an issue of Muktzah. But it says, no, there's no issue of Muktzah. You could shecht it on Yom Tif. Why is there no Muktzah? The answer is because the fetus is there in the mother's womb before it's born, and therefore it's, it's considered to be prepared. It's available, it's there on Yom Tif. What happens if you would shecht the mother itself on Yom Tif? And you have the baby inside, you can use the baby, you can eat from the, from the meat from the baby. So therefore it's considered to be prepared from before Yom Tev. it's not Muktzah. But the issue is, how could we say, if the calf is born on Yom Tev, it's the first day that it was born. You didn't determine yet that it's not a nafel. According to Rabbi Shem Megamlil, you have to wait until the beginning of the eighth day. So we see here clearly that there's a, another opinion of the Rabbanon that say that it's uh, viable and you could rely on it even on the first day. So before I go vital, let me just explain. Rashi says the basis of the opinion of the Rabbanon that you don't have to wait seven days by an animal to determine that it's not a nafel. You don't know. You don't see the behemoth survive there. Why shouldn't you have to wait? The answer is that Rabbanon have two things to rely on. First of all, a chazake. There's a chazake that most animals that are born, the animal was born after full term pregnancy. That's the chazake Rashi says, chazake kalule chadashov. And then Rashi says there's also a raiv. Raiv hayeldais einan mapilais. Raiv mothers or, or animals that give birth are not mapil. The babies that are born are viable. So therefore, we can rely on a chazake, we can rely on a raiv, and we don't have to wait the 30 days by a human being, or the 7 days, 8 days, by an animal to determine that it's not a nafel. That would be the basis of the Rabbanan's opinion. So we see that over here in this case, where you could shech the Egel on the day it's born. You don't have to wait. After the Gemara, it's not a raya, because hocha b'maya skinon, the kimle b'gavei shekolo That could be a case where the person that sees this Egel born knows for a fact, he knows exactly when it was conceived and how long the pregnancy was. He knows for a fact that it was full-term pregnancy of nine months. 
And therefore, even in this case, even Abshim and Gamliel would agree that you don't have to wait eight months. Uh, you don't have to wait eight days, that is. Toshima, another raya is, Vishovin, they both agree. So this is in a case where there's a machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. What this is talking about is the halacha of a bukhair. What's the halacha of a bukhair? A bukhair that's born, if it doesn't have a mum, if there's no blemish in the animal, so then it goes to the kayin, and the kayin has to bring it as a carbon. So what do you do? You can't bring it as a carbon, so you have to wait until it has a mum. Then once it has a mum, you give it to the kayin, but the kayin doesn't have to bring it as a carbon. The kayin eats it for himself. So you have to inspect the animal to see that it doesn't have a mum. So according to Rab Shimon, I think it is, he says that on Yontif, you can't inspect the animal of a mum. If, even if you already saw that it has a mum, you have to bring it to an expert to inspect it. You're not allowed to inspect it on Yontif. Why not? Because it's considered as if you're being misakin. You're preparing, you're making it, you're fixing. You're taking an animal that could not be eaten by the kayin and you're inspecting it and you, when you identify the mum, now it becomes roy to be eaten. Now the kayin could check it for himself. So therefore you're not allowed to do that on Yom Tif. So then it continues, the Braise there continues, but Vishavin, everybody agrees, if you see a baby, an animal born, and as it's born, you see right away from the birth that it has a mum with it, as Rashi says, that you had, uh, you had a dayan, you had an expert that sat there, he was there by the birth, and he saw as it's born, that it was born right away with a mum, Shazam and Amuchan. So this is an animal that was prepared from the moment of birth to be eaten, you're not fixing, you're not determining anything new, it had that status right from the beginning, and therefore you could check it right away on Yontif. So the question is, again, you see here that you could shecht an animal even before you come to the seven days that you determine that it's not a uh, nafel, not like what Rabbi Shemagam says. And for the Gemara, Hachanami, in this case as well, Shekalo Lechadoshav. We're talking about a case where a person knows for a fact that it was a full-term pregnancy and even Rabbi Shemagam would agree that it's not a nafel. Toshima, another ayah, Dom Rav Yudah Mashmuel, Halachik, Rav Shemim Gamliel. Rav Yudah Mashmuel said that we paskin like Rav Shemim Gamliel. So the Gemara says Halacha, if he says that we paskin like Rav Shemim Gamliel, Meklal de Pligi. So we see that there's an argument. We have this many times in the Gemara. If you say that there's Halacha like one individual, like one Tana, it's a raya that there's another uh, opinion that argues. So we know that the Rabbanon argue on Rav Shemim Shmami no. That's, this is a conclusive raya that there's a machlaikis between the Rabbanan and Rabshim and Gamliel. So we'll see in the Hamshach of the Gemara that this that the Gemara here says that the halacha is like Rabshim and Gamliel, it's only Lechumra. Really, the halacha should be like the Rabbanan because they are the majority opinion. We'll see soon in the Hamshach of the Gemara. Omer now Abaye will come and qualify, explain this machlaikis. So we have a machlaikis here, do you have to wait to determine that it's not a nafel? That's what Rabshim Gamliel says. The Rabbanan say, no, you don't have to wait. You can rely on a roiv and a chazake right away that the child is a viable child. So I'm rabbi, if Rahman al a baby born and then falls off a roof, or a lion ate up the baby. So this is something that by an external cause, there was a death. Everybody would agree that I could rely on the roiv, I could rely on the chazake, that this baby was not a nafel, the baby was a living uh, baby, a viable baby. When would be the argument of the Rabbanon and Rabshim Megamlil? When you don't see any external cause of why the baby died, the baby yawned and died. The baby was very weak from the beginning and it just yawned and died. Then there's the argument. Mar Sovar. We'll see soon, the Gemara will say. Mar Sovar Chaihu. 
So the Rabbanon say, I could still rely on a roiv and a chazaka. A roiv and a chazaka is a very powerful thing. I rely on that and I say that this baby was a viable baby. Even though I don't see any cause of death. It seems like it died because it was never viable, but it doesn't matter. I say that we don't know the cause of the death. And Mestam, I say that the baby is, uh, was a living baby. says, In such a case, when you don't see any cause for its death, I say that from the moment it was born, it couldn't survive. And that's why it died. So the Gemara asks the question, To determine the status of a baby that died soon after it was born, what's, what, what is this relevant for? And for the Gemara, It's relevant Right, the halacha of yibum is if a, if a uh, person dies and he leaves his wife without any children, so then the uh, brother of the uh, the husband has to marry her. That's what yibum is. Unless there's a baby here, so if they, they, you have to determine whether this baby was a viable baby. If the baby that was born is viable, so then there's no din of yibum. She can go get married to whoever she wants. If the baby was not viable, so then there's a halacha of yibum. So that's what this is relevant for. Benigay to human being. Benigeya to an animal, the Gemara does not explain what would be the nafkimina. Because according to what the Gemara is saying now, there would be no nafkimina in to an animal. An animal that just yawned and died. So either way, so the animal is dead now. The animal is a novella. There was no shechita done. If there was a shechita done, so then that's a death by an external cause. That would be a death similar to an animal that fell off a roof or an animal that was attacked by a lion that ate it. So in that case, the Gemara said that, uh, that there's no argument. Everybody agrees that a, a death by an external cause, I assume that chayhu, that it was a living being. So there's no clear hasbar in the Gemara here. What would be the nafkimina when gave it to an animal? But now the Gemara is going to um, switch this. The Gemara is going to, at least according to another opinion, this was a bayit. Now the Gemara says, nafal min agag. You're telling me that if the animal or a human being fell off a roof or was attacked by a lion because it was an external cause of death I assume that the baby was a, lot, was a living baby is this the case? They, these two came to visit the son of Ravidi Baravu he prepared for them Iglatilsa a calf born third to its mother. We had this expression before in the Gemara. That's considered to be the best uh, calf that's born third to its mother. Be the shiva, but it was only seven days old. and said to him, If you would have patience and would wait just until the night to enter into the eighth day of the life of this uh, animal, have we would have eaten from it. But Hashtar, now that you shechted the animal before the eighth day, we're not going to be able to eat from this animal because it wasn't determined yet if the animal was a nafal or not. Could be what you shechted was a nafal. So therefore we can't eat from it. So what do you see from here? What are we talking about? We're talking about shechita. The animal didn't die on its own. There was an external cause of death. The person shechted the animal. And still, what did they say? We're going to be chayshish for the opinion of Rav Shemim Gamliel that it's a nafal. So we see that Rav Shemim Gamliel considers it to be a nafal even if there's an external cause of death. Like what we said before, if it fell off a roof or if a lion ate it. So therefore the Gemara, according to their opinion, changes this. Dr. Gemara, ki pligi. Elo, sorry, skip the line. Elo, the pshat of here is, an animal that yawned 
and died. In other words, you don't see any particular cause of death. Everybody would agree that this is an animal that was never viable and it's, it's, it's dead. Kipligi, talking about the child. Yeah. The child. Yeah. The argument was in the case where you have an external cause of death, then there's the machlaikis. What do you say then? Mar Sovar Mesu. Gamliel says, since seven days did not pass, I still say that uh, the animal was a mace. You never determined that it's alive, that therefore we consider it to be that it's not viable. And the Rabbanon say, no, I could rely on the Chazaka. I could rely on the Chazaka, I could rely on Raiv, that the Beime is a live animal. That's when the argument is. So Adarabah, the Machleikis is when there's an external cause of death. Over here the Shaila is, should I rely on a Chazaka or not? Or should I be Chayshish that maybe this animal was not viable? Why not rely Chazaka and Raiv? We always have that. It's a good question. So uh, it's a very good question. So some Achreinim say, that this is an exception. And the reason why it's an exception is because it says in the Pasuk, So we have in the Teireh regarding Pidyan Aben and regarding a carbon that the Teireh is saying, wait this period of time. So here the Teireh is telling you a Chiddush, although usually you can rely on a Chazaka and Raiv, here it's telling you not to rely on the usual Chazaka and Raiv. The son of Ravdimi Bar Yosef. He had a baby, and within 30 days the baby died. So he was sitting shiva, he was uh, doing avelus for this baby that died. So his father, which was Ravdimi Bar Yosef, said to him, you're, you're, doing, you're sitting shiva because you want to eat the traditional foods that they eat by the avelus. You, this, 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 you, you want to have this food, that's why you're sitting shiva. In other words, he was telling him that you don't have to sit shiva because it, uh, the baby who died as a nafel, it was never viable, and we're uh, for what Rabshim Gamliel said, that the baby is not alive. A Malay, so he, has, he answered his father, Kim Li Bey, I know for a fact, that the baby was a living baby, that had full term pregnancy, and therefore, that's something that he does have to have availus for. Similar story, Rav Ashi Ikla Bey Rav Kahana. Rav Ashi came to Rav Kahana, Isra Bey Milsa Begoit Losen Yaymen. He had this tragedy that a baby passed away within 30 days. Chazye, so Rav Ashi saw the Yosef Komisabal Lave. He was sitting Shiva for this baby. Amalei, Rav Ashi said to him, Leisavale Mar Lahad, Omer of Yehuda, Omer Shmuel. Do you not hold of this that was said in the name of Shmuel, that Halacha Kerab Shimim and Gamliel? We passed him like Rav Shimon and Gamliel, that a baby born with and passed away within 30 days, we, we chayshish that it's not viable and therefore you don't have to be misabel, you don't have to sit shiva. Amalei, so he responded, Kimli begavei, I know for a fact, shakalalei that this was a full term pregnancy, it was a viable baby and therefore he's sitting shiva. So according to his opinion, it's a full term pregnancy even if the baby didn't survive mm-hmm. 30 days, you mm-hmm. sit shiva. Correct. <clears throat> you can determine that, yeah. Itmar, now the Gemara brings another Machlaikis based on this subject. So we learned the following Machlaikis. Meis, Meis Shloishim. So you have a baby that uh, passed away within 30 days. Now, the mother went along and got married to somebody else. So now, as we said before, the halacha of Yibum, this is a very big problem here, right? Because if the husband had passed away, we're talking about a case where the husband had passed away before, 
and now she has a baby. And the baby that she had passed away within the month. Now the question is, the baby that she had, is it a viable baby or not? If it's a viable baby, so then she can go get married to whoever she wants. There's no yibum if she has a baby. If the baby was not viable, so then she can't go mar get married to whoever she wants. There's yibum, she has to get married to the brother of the, uh, of the husband. But she, huh? Or chalitza, correct. She didn't wait. She went and she figured that she has a baby. And yeah, it passed away, but she had a baby and she went and got married. So what do we do now? If she got married, if her new husband that she got married to is a Yisrael, so then she'll have to accept a chalitza from the brother of her husband that died. Once she accepts a chalitza, then she'll be able to continue living, she'll be able to get married to this person, this husband that she's married to now. However, if she got married to a Kayin, what's the Allah of a Kayin? By a Kayin, you can't get married to a Chalutza. Only Midrabanan. Minatayra, a Kayin can't get married to a Grusha. But Midrabanan, you can't get married to a Chalutza either. So if she's going to accept a Chalitza from the, the brother of the husband that died, so now she won't be able to live with a new husband. We want to allow her to be able to live with the new husband that she married. So therefore, Einach us. She doesn't need the chalitza, and we rely on the fact that the baby that was born was a viable baby, and she doesn't need chalitza. So what do we see from this Gemara? That the whole psaktin that we said before, Amr of Yudah Mashmur, that we paskin like Rab Shimon ben Gamliel, that we consider the baby, were chayshish, that the baby was not viable, that was l'chumra. But really, Rabbanan is the majority opinion. In a case where she already got married to a Kayin, and we don't want her to have to leave her new husband, we rely on the opinion of the Rabbanon that the baby was viable. And therefore she could continue living with a new husband even without Chalitza. If she married a Kayin, the problem is that... That maybe she has to have Chalitza. Maybe she wasn't allowed to marry the Kayin. Like, there's a lav, like, see, Eishas HaMais HaChutza. Without Chalitza, without Yibum, she can't go get married to anyone else. Right? But we rely on the fact, we rely on the opinion of the Rabbanon, that we accept the Chazak and the Raiv, that the baby was viable, and therefore she doesn't need Chalitza. Obviously, this all yeah, obviously, with the Yavid, like Rabbi Shem and Gamliel, that she would need Chalitza, but with the Yavid, once she got married, and she got married to a Kayin, if we're going to require Chalitza at this point, so then she won't be able to continue living with her new husband, the Kayin, so we rely on the opinion of the Rabbanon, that she doesn't need any Chalitza, the baby was viable. Uh, so this was, who said this? This was Ravina speaking in the name of Rava. Okay, Rav Shravya Mishmeide Ravama. Rav Shravya said in the name of Rava, no, we're Machmer. We paskin like Rav and Gamliel, we're Machmer. Achazu, v'achazu chaletzes. Whether this woman got married to a Yisrael, whether she got married to a Kayin, either way, right now she has to have chalitza, where chayshish, the baby was not viable, and therefore she's going to need chalitza. And if she's married to a Kayin, she won't be able to continue living with the Kayin. You're right, at night when Rava was learning this halacha, he said like you said, that either way you're going to need chalitza. But let's suffer the next morning, Rava had charata and he said, like I repeated in his name, that if uh, she got married to Kayin, you don't need chalitza. You could rely on the opinion of the Rabbanon. Omalei, so when Rav Shravi heard this, Rav Shravi said, Shayusa, um, he, he was mad to this, he said that this is allowed. If he allowed this, 
<laughs> so Yehiratzen that he should allow to eat chaylev, he should allow to eat forbidden fats which are not kosher. In other words, he was saying an expression, this, it can't be Rava was mata, this, you, you must have not heard properly. Just like it can't be mata chaylev, which is totally usher, it can't be that Rava was mata, this we for sure paskin completely like Rav Shirmingham Leel, and you have to be machmer. Okay, this is the end of the sugya of the halacha of a nafel. Now we go back to what it said in the Mishnah, Benigeya to a bris of an androgynous. Right? An androgynous that has simonim of a zohar and of an akeva. So it said in the Mishnah that you can't make the bris on Shabbos because it's a suffix if he's chayv in a bris. You don't know if he's a zohar, you don't know if he's an akeva. So how could you make the bris on Shabbos? But Rabbi Yehuda says you make the bris on Shabbos. Let's see. Talk to Gemara Rabbi Yehuda, Mater Vachulu, Omer Av Shizvi, Omer Av Chista. Loi lakoyel omer of Yehuda andreigen is zacharu. The pshat in Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is not that he considers a, an andreigen is for sure to be a zachar. He's not identifying the fact that he's a, his, his gender that he's for sure a zachar. She'im atoyim mekain. If you're going to say so, then be'erichin regarding the halacha of erichin. Erichin is when a person says, "My value, I will give to, to hektish." So in Pashas b'chol kaisa, you have all different kinds of amounts that a person is chayef to give based on his age. And there's a difference if it's a zachar or it's a nekeva. If a male or a female says his erech, so what the question is, what's the halacha benigeya to an andreigenis? So imkain, again, she'imatoimekein By erechin, if an andreigenis says that my value I give to hegdish, so we should determine that he's a zachar. And how do we know that according to Rav Yehuda, by Erechin, an Andreigenis is not considered to be a Zohar. The Tanya, because we learned in Abraisa, has Zohar v'loi tumtum. It says in the Torah, Zohar, that a Zohar that says that my value should be given to Hektish, that excludes a tumtum, and it also of Andreigenis. And Andreigenis is not a Zohar. So maybe he's not a Zohar, but maybe we consider him to be a female, and he has to give to Hektish the value of a, of a woman. And then it says right in the title, Nekeva. So there's a Zohar and a Keva. An Andreigenis is not a Zohar and not a Nekeva. So therefore, the halacha of Erechen does not apply to him. Zohar Vadai and a Keva Vadois. Veloi, Tumtum Vadreigenis. And Tumtum and Andreigenis is not a Zohar and not a Nekeva. Now, this is a Braise that comes from where? It comes from Teres Kainim or Sifra. And the Gemara continues. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. How do I know? Stam Sifra Rabbi Yehuda. When you have uh, anything in Teres Kainim without a name, it's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Just like we have Stam Mishnah Rabneya, Stam Sifra is Rabbi Yehuda. So this is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that an Andreigenis is not a Zohar and not an Akeva. Amar Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak brings another case where you see that Rabbi Yehuda does not hold that an Andreigenis is a Zohar. Anybody is kosher to be mekadesh. We're talking over here about the waters of the Pora Duma that has to be placed into a, into a vessel with the, with the ashes of the Pora Duma. Anybody would be kosher to do this. Excluding a chereshetive cotton. The Gemara Dashans, this Gemara learns out, psukim for this. Rabbi Yehuda machshir cotton. Rav Yudha says a cotton could prepare this water for the Paraduma, but Upaisal be Isha of Andreigenis. He passes on Isha and Andreigenis because there's a Pasik where it clearly says, Venosan Maim Chaim El Keli, Venosan is Loshan Zachar. A Zachar has to do this, but not an Isha and not an Andreigenis. So we see that an Andreigenis is not a Zachar. 
So Shema Mino, we see that Rabbi Yehuda does not consider an Andreganist to be a Zohar. That's not the reason why he's Chayv in a bris. So why does Rabbi Yehuda say when he gets to Mila that although he's not a Zohar for sure, he's still Chayv in a Mila? The Torah says the word Kol Zohar, so that's a riboy that adds and says that even an Andreganist is Chayv in a bris. Although we can't determine him for sure to be a Zachar, nevertheless the Torah writes called that is Chayv and Abris. So this Chiddush of Rabbi Yehuda was specifically Benegayat to Bris, not Benegayat to anything else. There's a big Arichas and Rishaynim and Achreinim. You see here massive, massive Taisus and Benegayat to the gather of Andreganis, and it's a few different places in Shas. What exactly is an Andreganis? Oh, that's what it's talking about. Is an Andreganis a combination of Zachar and a Keva? He's part Zohar, part Nekeva, he's both. He's an, an Andreganist, a person that's neither. He's not a Zohar, not a Nekeva. He's a min for himself. Or he's Stamasophic, we don't know what he is. Either way, Rabbi Yudah holds he's not a Zohar. B'negeya to a bris, where he has the aver of a Zohar, and therefore the Torah is Machadish, kol Zohar, that you have to make the bris. Sure.